How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. I'm your host today, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. The Scarlet Bitch. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. The First Revenger. Ooh, you're in good company there, my friend. Keith, a.k.a. Hawkeye's lamer cousin who uses a slingshot instead of a bow and arrow, couldn't join us this time as he is very busy, but no worries. He will be back for our main episode this week as well as the WandaVision finale, so we will look forward to catching up on his thoughts. We hope you've all been having a great week as well as a week full of great content consumption. I watched absolutely nothing this week since my internet was down in the aftermath of the Texas winter storm from last week. I listened to a bunch of podcasts and randomly, I don't even know how, but I fell down a YouTube hole of old Jackass videos. I guess when your internet is out for a week after three days without water, watching people get kicked in the dick a bunch and knocked over by bulls is necessary to put a smile on your face. What a blast from the past. Old Jackass videos. Truly a throwback. But Austin, well, my week was an interesting one for content. How about you film me in? How are you doing? And did you watch anything interesting this week? I'm doing good. And uh, yeah, I watched two things with uh, distinctly different experiences this week. The first thing I checked out was I watched um, Godzilla King of the Monsters on HBO Max, which I gotta say, I love the monster universe that Warner Bros. is setting up. All the monster stuff is so cool, but I hate all the human stories. So I hope they figure out a way to make that formula work in Godzilla vs. King Kong. I hope so, too. I want to love those movies, but I just haven't been able to get into it. But that being said, man, that trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong was pretty exciting. So I'm probably going to check that one out at least. Let's hope it's good. This franchise has always had insanely good trailers and they always oversell the movie that's true that is true but the other thing that i checked out this week was a uh, ted lasso on apple tv mm. plus and that is the jason sudeikis comedy about an american football coach who gets hired to coach a uh, british soccer team in london jason sudeikis plays this relentlessly positive coach set among all these melancholy british athletes and rich people and it's just so funny i think jason sudeikis found the role that was made for him because he knocks it out of the park in this show i've always wanted more like Jason Sudeikis content. He's so funny. So I'm finally glad this show came around. I've seen a little bit of it. I need to sit through the whole thing. I'm glad you liked it though. So I binged the entire season in less than a day. It's fantastic. Nice. High praise, everybody. So if you are looking for some content, there you go. I would recommend those, especially mine. If you're bored, just go watch some Jackass videos. <laughs> um, along with all that, WandaVision, as usual, has been a pretty steady source of entertainment for us. I'm just so glad my internet got resolved like literally this morning so I could watch this just in time. By the way, this is our third bonus series. We started by covering The Boys and The Mandalorian Season 2, so be sure to check out our reviews of those if you're a fan. Just scroll up on your podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts to see our catalog of movie, TV, and gaming content. You can also subscribe to The Arnie's on YouTube and listen to all our episodes that way if you prefer. This is your first episode of The Arnie's. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday. Last week, we brought back our bracket series and battled to decide what is the best romantic comedy of all time. Austin, how did you feel about watching all those movies, some classics and some that you were seeing for the first time? And how do you think the episode came out? Yeah, I enjoyed watching this movie. It's way more than I expected to. Uh, this is a genre of film that I personally don't have a whole lot of experience in. So it was really fun to, to see some new ones. There were some really uh, just top-notch movies for me. And then, of course, there were also some duds. But um, I think that episode came out really great. I think it's really fun. And I think it's one of our uh, more interesting debates that we've had whenever we do those bracket formats. Absolutely. It's just it's also fun to prepare for just kind of doing, dare I say, research and like watching whatever we need to watch, like what genre, whatever it may be. We've had so much fun with those. We've done movie scores we've done best halloween movies best holiday movies best sports movies and now we can add rom-coms to the list let us know what you want us to talk about next as for this coming tuesday we are starting our next retrospective and review series we've done all the star wars movies we did all the dango craig james bond movies but now it is time to start the mcu we will be kicking things off with phase one that means we're starting with the first Iron Man this coming Tuesday. It's going to be really fun to return to these superhero movies we haven't seen in years. Will they still hold up? Will they feel like they fit into the modern MCU? I guess we'll find out. So keep an eye out for when that episode drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Also, keep in mind, we want to hear from you. Send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about WandaVision and all this other content we mentioned. And of course, speaking of WandaVision, it's time to return to Westview for the eighth episode of WandaVision. I can't believe I'm saying eighth episode already. It's about that time. We only have one episode left. I can't believe it. I loved the first five episodes of this series. Loved them. I did think we lost a little bit of momentum the last couple weeks. 
But overall, the show has been so fantastic for me. I lo- I've loved the balance of fun sitcom plots along with intriguing mystery in the background. The questions of why are we in the sitcom world? Why is Wanda seemingly content with all this? How is Vision back? And what the hell is going on in general came up quite a bit in our conversations. I know, Austin, you in particular were a bit critical of the show in the early episodes, but you certainly really seemed to get on board once the mystery came into play. So after a couple episodes we enjoyed, but weren't super crazy about, does the penultimate episode of the series recover? Are we in a good spot to set up for the finale next week? Was it Agatha all along? Let's break it down. Austin, why don't you give everyone a quick reminder of your thoughts on the season so far and give us your non-spoiler thoughts on episode eight. I think you nailed it with my overall thoughts of this first season. Um, I, I wasn't a big fan of the premiere, but but it did really grow on me in the weeks in the weeks after. Um, and then the last two episodes, like you said, I, I have felt like we've um, lost some momentum coming into this week. However, episode eight, I think, does recover slightly. It does at least now feel like we are kind of speeding full speed into the finale. Um, I think my biggest issue in the recent weeks, though, has been nothing has really surprised me in this show. It has been pretty predictable, um, at least in episodes like six through eight. And I think you can kind of make the same argument that there's no big reveals in episode eight either. Uh, So I really hope they do surprise me in the finale, and I can't wait to see how this season ends. I like that. I like that. Um, For me, I don't disagree with all the stuff you're saying. I guess it just worked for me better. Without any spoilers, of course, episodes six and seven, again, like we already set up, they were good. They were really fun. But it's, yeah, it's just they were a bit predictable. They felt a bit almost like they were so... Since they bought into this whole sitcom aspect, they felt a bit too like they had to adhere to them. And I think they suffered a little bit in terms of quality and enjoyment. Yeah. But this episode, while definitely predictable in some aspects and in some, definitely not, at least for me, I thought this episode was just really paced so well. And I got to say, I found it extremely emotional and very satisfactory when it came to smaller elements, when it came to relationships in the MCU, when it came to actually kind of in a weird way, realistically displaying grief with characters like this. I don't know. It really worked for me. I do think they nailed the nostalgia that you can have for the MCU too in this episode because this movie franchise has now been around for over 10 years. So it it dates back uh, pretty far in everybody's lives now. So they do have a really fun return to some uh, pretty iconic moments in the MCU as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I think with this one, based on the way it's structured, we can't really talk too much about this one without getting to spoilers. So if you have not watched season one, episode eight of WandaVision, be sure to turn us off just for a little bit. Go watch the episode and then come on back to us and hear everything we have to say about it. Alright, welcome back everybody. Let's get into it. It's time to go all out spoilers. I cannot wait. Season 1, Episode 8 of WandaVision called Previously On. Now, Austin, it's a bit of a smaller cast and crew this time, but please, as always, walk me through who's a part of it. All right. So WandaVision, of course, is created by Jack Schaefer. It is directed by Matt Shackman and written by Laura Donny. And then for our cast, we have Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. And for the first time in the MCU, we now have to say, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch. Uh, we then have Paul Bettany as Vision, Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness, Josh Stamber as Director Hayward, and Julian Hilliard and Jet Klein as Billy and Tommy. I mean, Austin, do we want to say anything before we get to our roundtable? I mean, any thoughts here? I mean, I guess the standout for me is that AKA Scarlet Witch. That's something they've been using for her in the movies since she was introduced. But it, w- it was always one of those things that you see in superhero movies where it's like they never actually called the hero or villain by their name because it's so fucking ridiculous that you can't. <laughs> so I'm glad they actually kind of bought into it. And I thought it was such a fun payoff. Did you have any fun moments here with the cast and crew? I think Elizabeth Olsen steals the show this week. She has so many great moments. The way she kind of transitions from present day Wanda back to prior MCU Wanda and just her grief whenever she has to deal with Vision's loss again. Just all of her scenes were so great this week. She's been a standout this entire season. I mean, yeah, the show's called WandaVision, but I think it's fair to say that she playing Wanda is the main character. And Somehow she's a standout every week and this week was it's almost like she was somehow twice as good. I just I was I I don't I don't even have the words for it. I was just genuinely amazing performance in this episode by her. I got to say too, we've had some fun with her accent, but uh this week I think she really nailed the Russian accent too as well. I, she did. I agree with you, but at the same time, 
They also weirdly acknowledged it in this episode with Agatha Harkness being like, that whole accent of yours kind of goes in and out. And then they even did the fucking thing where it's like, mom and dad, it's TV night. You know, we only speak English because they're trying to like get rid of the accent a little bit. So it's almost like they weirdly retconned a reason why <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson had such shitty accents for so long. So it was pretty fun, man. And I enjoyed just the progression here for sure. But before we get too far into our discussion, let me give everybody a quick little reminder out there of what actually happened in episode eight. So in a pretty shocking start, we're in Salem, 1693. Agatha Harkness is on trial by a coven of witches for practicing dark magic. As they attempt to destroy her, she is able to drain their life and kill them in the process. In the present, Agatha demands to know how Wanda is controlling Westview, threatening her with the lives of her children. She forces Wanda to relive key moments of her life with the hopes that it will help her understand how Wanda acquired this power and ability to do something on this scale. They return to when she and Pietro witnessed their parents die and were stuck under rubble next to a malfunctioning Stark bomb. It is then revealed that Wanda herself was able to stop the bomb from exploding using magical abilities that she had possessed since birth. We see her being experimented on willingly by Hydra through manipulation of Loki's staff in the Mind Stone. This seems to heighten her powers to an incredible level. We see her and Vision sharing their first moments hinting at a relationship, and later it is seen that Wanda visited Sword to try and recover Vision's body for a funeral. Director Hayward shows her the mutilated corpse, prompting Wanda, I mean, obviously, and what the hell was he thinking here? I know. Of course he's going to break into the scene. lab. <laughs> I know. But, unable to feel any life in Vision, she leaves the corpse behind. Hayward, I think he might be a dang liar. Through all this, we see Wanda's love for sitcoms being something she and her family shared a love for, and she uses as a comfort as she gets older. Finally, Wanda drives to a lot in the rundown Westview, New Jersey, that Vision had bought for them, intending to start their life together. In her grief, her powers kick in and creates a house on the lot, manifests a new version of Vision, ultimately extends the hex across the entire town, and gives the town, of course, a sitcom makeover. This leads Agatha to come to the conclusion that Wanda possesses a legendary form of magic and deems her the Scarlet Witch. In a mid credit scene, Hayward is able to reactivate the reassembled corpse of the original Vision with a white makeover. Awesome. Before we get to the bulk of our show, anything jump out to you there with that little plot recap? I loved how much they leaned into the witch aspect of these characters. I thought it was so intriguing and really something different than we've seen from the rest of the MCU so far. I know. I love it. I love how we can have characters like Iron Man that's literally just like a character in a iron suit that flies around. And then we can also have actual magic with Doctor Strange and now Scarlet Witch. So it was really cool, and they set it up really well with the Salem Witch Trials, and they went all out. I totally agree with you, and it was fun to see. Agatha is a really, really fun villain, too. She is really growing on me and moving up in my hierarchy of MCU villains. And I gotta say, she's definitely an antagonist for sure. There's no doubt about that. But there are elements that almost make her noble in a weird way. I'm not saying she is, but it's like in her head you can justify her actions. Like, at the end, it doesn't seem like she's taking the kids hostage to, like, Ah, I'm a villain. I'm going to take your kids. It's more like, holy shit, Wanda. We went through this journey together and I saw what you're capable of. You're dangerous. And that's coming from me. And even in the witch trials, she's like begging. She's like, help me learn how to control this, please. So, yeah, I think there is yeah. some um, tragic elements to her character as well. Yeah. And I think, of course, in large part, Catherine Hahn just performs the hell out of it. It's a great combination of funny, dramatic and serious when it needs to be. So it's a really fun character. I do hope they stick the landing. I'm a bit nervous because... Obviously, Agnes was in the entire show, but Agatha was introduced at the very end of last episode, and then she's in this one. So I just hope, even with one episode left, we get enough of her so that we can come away from this show going, wow, what a top-tier villain. So we'll see what happens. I'm really curious. And if we don't get enough of her, I hope they leave room for her to return in future MCU content, too, if possible. I think Kevin Feige said the finale will be a full hour. But it just seems like there's so much to wrap up, even for an hour. I just hope they do. But, you know, we'll see. We'll get we'll get to that at the end. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and start our roundtable discussion. We each brought three points to discuss here. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'll start us off. I feel like I half expected this to happen and not in a bad way. But it feels like a lot of seasons of TV use the whole second to last episode as a way to give full context to what is happening in the season right before moving on to the finale. And this time, 
they did this by having Agatha basically walk Wanda through her past, with the in-world explanation being Agatha wants to understand how Wanda created and is maintaining Westview. What did we think of this device, and do we like the background and character moments we got from this? You know, it did make me appreciate the sitcom background a little bit more, just because they really give Mm -hmm. context to Wanda's love of sitcoms. Um, It did take me a second to realize, like, oh, this is going to be the entire episode this week. But what they presented is so interesting to watch on screen that I actually found myself really enjoying these flashback scenes. Yeah, I guess with um, the example I was laying out, it's we see this a lot. And one example I can think of, it, it comes to mind because we talked about it on the show. But so many TV seasons do this is like, in this case, we have a nine episode season, right? Episode seven happens and there's a huge cliffhanger. And then eight is like a bunch of flashbacks to reveal what the villain was up to, what led up to the start of all this. And then it's like, so Steven's episode seven is a cliffhanger, but we're really not going to see what happens until episode nine. So I feel like that's like a weird trend that's happening. Bly Manor did it, like I mentioned. And I got to say, I was a bit like, I was a bit with you. I was like, ah, this is going to be the whole episode. But shout out to the presentation. Because I mean, it's one of those things we talk about where it's like, it was a fun idea, but the execution sucked. I mean, this was kind of the best of both worlds. Fun idea, and I thought the execution was even better than the idea. So it was really fun to see, and I I totally agree with you. And how how do we not see this coming? It feels like, why is this a sitcom? And then the easy answer is, Wanda loves sitcoms, and here's why. Nobody ever thought (laughs) of that. And it's so satisfying, man. Like, literally right before her parents die, pulls out this box of just all these sitcoms that they're referencing, and I did not expect them to actually use that, but it was so emotional and packed a punch and was really cool and gave so, such great context to the show, like you mentioned. Anything else stand out to you with that? This, despite it also being a flashback, I, I did really enjoy the scene with director Hayward because it, it let us see Wanda's side of things. And it, it, it kind of was an interesting way to reveal that Hayward had lied about her stealing Vision's body. As soon as they started the scene, as an audience member, you're like, okay, we know where this is going. This is where she breaks in the sword, steals Vision's bodies, and then goes and starts the hex. But then what played out on screen was different because it was like, hey... I left Vision's body there, so Hayward's been lying. So it was a nice way to kind of reveal that device as well. Yeah, I think uh, we've talked about this leading up, but they had kind of a monumental task once they revealed uh, whenever Vision kind of uh, whenever Vision started reading Norm's mind and like let his true self come out, and we found out how much pain these people were in, and they've like literally been kidnapped and they they can't communicate with the outside world at all. They always had a pretty tough task of, ugh. Wanda's responsible for that. They're literally telling us that. How are we going to redeem that? I mean, she can be redeemed, but is there going to be any consequences? And somehow this episode really played into the grief. And by the end, while I can't obviously condone her actions when it comes to kind of imprisoning these people, it was like, I kind of get it. At least at least from her side, I get it. So I like the way you put that is this episode really, really leans into Wanda's side of things and even gives us extra stuff from the past of the MCU to like reinform that character. So I they just knocked out of the park in that aspect. Um, one thing I did want to say, though, along those lines is we've been talking all season. So is there going to be a villain that was kind of responsible for creating Wesley or giving Wanda the idea or how the hell does that work? And they basically revealed here. I mean, Agatha straight up was like in the last episode, I'm the villain. But she's also in this episode now. Wanda, how'd you do this? This is crazy, man. Like the, her motivation is basically just figuring out how this happened. So obviously, in turn, the reveal is Wanda did it by herself. And I wanted to ask you, since we've been wondering about that, did that work for you? The idea of Wanda being kind of solely responsible or was it not interesting to you? Like, how'd that feel for you? I, I was really expecting a bigger reveal here than just Wanda created the hex because she was sad. Like, this is this is what I meant in the opening when I was like, it was really predictable. This is what we've been saying from the beginning of the show oh, Wanda's here because she's sad about Vision. And then the whole season she'd been saying, I don't know how I did this. I didn't do this. And then they just reveal Wanda did it. That really didn't work for me, that presentation, because it it didn't surprise me and, and it was extremely predictable. And I was expecting a bigger reveal of why the Hex is here. And then just the way they presented it all season really made it feel like a letdown for me. I get that. I definitely get it. Um, I was let down in the aspect that you were that it was very predictable. We've talked, well, maybe the villain kind of gave her the idea or helped her do it. If Agatha's a witch, maybe she somehow gave her power. I don't know what happened, man. After watching this episode, I bought into it so much more. I like the idea of Wanda being this powerful because if they had revealed, oh, Agatha was responsible, then 
I guess it would kind of make Wanda's powers seem less cool or like make her feel like she had less agency, even if her actions weren't noble in all senses. So I did end up coming around, but it was predictable. You're right. And don't get me wrong. I like how powerful they've made Wanda out to be in this show. It's just I Mm -hmm. was hoping maybe it was like Agatha manipulated Wanda into using her powers to create the hex or something like that. It's, It's just the way Wanda was doing it all season where she's like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Like, I just expected there to be a bit something bigger behind the scenes there. But I do really like that they are leaning into her being the Scarlet Witch. And I guess in witch lore, the Scarlet Witch is this like myth- mythical figure that's like really powerful. So I, I really enjoyed all that part of the series. I, I don't want them to like take away Wanda's powers. It's just the reason for the hex existing was disappointing to me. Yeah. And I think I think the biggest complaint we can do retroactively now with the season is they had the whole element of characters, I guess, when they either enter the hex or when they were engulfed by the hex initially, they lost their memory. And there's this whole weird element of Wanda lost memory too, I guess. But then she always had these moments of actually she does remember whenever Geraldine, you know, who used to be Monica, talks about Pietro and Ultron. Wanda immediately is like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Why would you say that? But then there are also moments where, like you said, like Pietro, fake Pietro is asking how this happened. And she's like, I don't remember. I just remember being really sad. So it's almost like they wanted to have Wanda not remember to make maybe redeem her a bit easier, but at the same time, she clearly does. So I, I agree with you. It was, it was a bit weird because it's like she knows what happened, but I guess at the same time, she was just so not in control of her powers that she doesn't. So it's kind of hard to figure out what they were going for with that aspect. That was the only part that didn't really work for me. I'm glad you brought up Pietro there because I am now so confused about this character. Agatha made it pretty clear that she is controlling him, but she couldn't control Aaron Taylor Johnson because he's dead and, and I guess buried on a different continent as well. But then she said that the hex wore off on Evan Peters Pietro. So now is he just out there? Like, I'm really confused about what's happening with his character at the moment. My theory is near the beginning of the finale, Vision, because we last saw Vision leaving Darcy. Darcy's going to meet up with them. Vision started flying towards Wanda, presumably. Um, I think near the beginning of the finale, Vision, everybody is going to meet up at one spot. Pietro will be involved and Vision will do the thing where he puts his, I guess, you know, reads his mind or whatever. And then he's going to snap out of it. Pietro will. And he's going to give us some weird. He's going to start. Whoa, where's Professor X? Like, what? What's happening? He's going to he's going to directly reference something from Fox. And I think I think the ultimate reveal is going to be he is to your point that you've always been wanting this season. He will be the Fox X-Men. It's just. Agatha, for some reason, I guess, to fuck with Wanda was like, what if I just took someone from a different reality, brought them here? And yeah, s- and that was sees the weird happens. part because she says she possessed him, which makes it seem like he's yeah. always been in this universe. And that, that's that's what confused me because because she didn't make a point of being like, I plucked him from another reality. Like like she literally right. just goes, I possessed him. So it was just the way she phrased it was weird. But Matt, hold on. Hold on, though. You said he's going to be like, where's Professor X? What if he yeah. reaches up, grabs Vision's shoulder and says... Get me Reed Richards. You know, that actually would be kind of cool if they somehow bring in the Fantastic Four from the Fox universe. And when I say that, I'm not talking about Miles Teller. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean if they somehow reveal that that's where they're coming from. Like the version that ends up in the MCU, maybe they come from the Fox universe. Who the hell knows? But we have to remember Evan Peters. They never really confirmed it. But his dad in those movies was Michael Fassbender's Magneto. So maybe he'll bring him over to help as well. We can only hope. I hope so, man. I hope so. This Evan Peters thing's better pay off in this show. They better not make me wait for a movie for this to pay off. It better pay off in in episode nine. I just, yeah. Where does he go from here? Like, where does he show up after this? I mean, we know they're trying to make X-Men movies in the MCU. I mean, is that the next time we see him years from now? Or will he somehow be seated in other projects? Like... I don't know. I'm so curious. I'm nervous that at the end of WandaVision next week, it's like Scarlet Witch realizes she has the powers and is like, thanks for helping, Pietro. I know you're not my real brother, but I do feel a connection with you. Thanks for helping. And then somehow opens a tear into his reality and he walks back in. That would be the worst example. I hope they don't do that either. But I have no idea how that gets resolved. Before we move on to the next point, I also wanted to throw this out to you. It's the it's one of those things where I get why they did it from a whole progression of plot and that kind of aspect. But whenever they presented Agatha as not being as villainous, at least in the origin of the Hex, I was a little bit like, okay, so if her whole goal was just to find out how Wanda did this, why did this take eight episodes? Do you know what I mean? Like, why didn't she intervene sooner? Obviously, she gave us hints over the course of the show, like, do you want me to take that from the top, Wanda? 
like we always knew she was a bit like she knew more than she was letting on. But were you surprised that the, the ultimate reveal was I want to know what that happened and this hasn't happened sooner? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I actually like that. I like her being really curious about this powerful witch that just showed up out of nowhere because she even points out, she's like, the shit you're doing is even beyond my level. And I've been studying this stuff for decades. So I liked all that. Um, and as for why she didn't intervene sooner, I guess I just took her at her word that she was just waiting for Wanda to break and Wanda took a long time to break and now she's down in the basement. So so that actually worked for me and I just believed with, the, with what they had the character say. Okay, I like that. So we talked about the flashback scenes already just a little bit in vague terms. We'll save the sword one for a later point because of the bigger implications. But I want to know what stood out to you, Austin. We had the death of the parents scene, which revealed she was born with powers. Does this make her the first mutant? So many things to unpack there. We had the Hydra experimentation scene with the Mind Stone, where it's almost like we see a, like a vision of a future Scarlet Witch. And then we had Wanda and Vision's first sweet moments watching Malcolm in the Middle. What do you want to talk about here? What worked for you with these flashbacks? Were these emotional for you? Did do you feel like they were just kind of going through the motions? What worked? What didn't? Every single aspect of these flashbacks worked for me. I thought they were so great, so well presented, um, so emotional, so nostalgic as well, just for these older MCU movies. Um, the, th the thing that was the most interesting thing to me, and, and I think it's probably going to be the most interesting th thing to everybody, is just the fact that she saw the Scarlet Witch whenever she got her powers boosted from the Mind Stone. It looked like her Halloween costume almost, like the pointy horns of, of the headband that she wears. So I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like, herself and she, and it was just like her a way of them visualizing her boosting her powers or if the scarlet witch is something that like possesses her now i have a lot of questions about that yeah because i mean at the end agatha says i mean this the scarlet witch is a moniker that's been used before it's a mythical thing so yeah. a legendary sorcerer i guess has the ability to become that so i'm curious if they'll delve into that more we'll see in the finale of course um another huge thing we should talk about a little bit at least was it was a retcon, but it was kind of a cool one that made sense. I mean, in Age of Ultron, the whole idea is they couldn't use the word mutant at the time. So Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were the enhanced. They were experimented on and given these powers. Whereas here, they have the whole Stark bomb malfunctioning. And turns out it wasn't malfunctioning. Wanda was able to stop it with her limited powers at the time. The Mind Stone only enhanced them, for lack of a better term. So what'd you think of that? Did that work for you that she's been a witch all along and is, was born with powers? I really liked Agatha's lines here, how uh, Wanda was like, it was just dysfunctional at the time and we didn't know it. And then Agatha was like, no, no, that's that's a probability spell that you cast there. Mm. And so I like that, yeah. that Agatha realizes that she was born with powers, but Wanda still didn't even realize it. So cool, man. I just, I feel like with the show, we keep talking about the implications and it's just such an exciting thing. I mean, if she was born with powers... That makes her different from any other Avenger we've seen. They're not born with powers. So is she the first mutant? And by creating this hex that engulfs people and other people come in, are they like walking into her cellular biology in a weird way? I mean, with Monica Rambo, they basically said that. I mean, she now has powers. So it almost feels like it leans into the whole aspect of Wanda actually was a mutant and she's creating them now. So it's just so how does this pay off in the future? I don't I don't know, but I know I'm excited to see either way. I know they, they better just be like shooting out an answer every five minutes next week because have, we have so many questions and there's only one episode left. The post credit for the finale is Herb walking down the street with his memory back and he's like, everybody else got powers, but I didn't. And then he goes to a bar, someone punches him and he defends himself and schnick, schnick, I'm Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How pissed do you think Hugh Jackson's going to be that he tapped out before he actually got to play a part in the MCU? <laughs> I feel bad. He was always so open about how badly he wanted to be the MCU. And then whenever they finally bought Fox, he was like, dude, I'm like 50. I'm tired. I've done it 17 times. It's just, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> All that being said, though, he's 100% going to be in Deadpool 3. There is no way that Ryan Reynolds misses an opportunity to get his best friend in this movie with him. We'll see. I did actually kind of relevant. I think within the last week, Patrick Stewart was very open that he has had a lot of conversations with Marvel and Kevin Feige, and they want him to be Professor X in the MCU, and he declined uh, because of like the payoff that Logan had. He didn't want to keep playing the character. But again, could just be lying as well. So I guess we'll see what their plan is for uh, the MCU and those characters that already exist. So we'll see what happens. Put me down right here. Hugh Jackson will be in Deadpool 3. I'm counting on it. I'm going to put money that Hugh Jackman will be oh in Deadpool Oh my God. 3. Did I fuck up another actor <laughs> name? <laughs> 
I didn't hear it the first time if you said it, but that time I caught it. Um, I also, man, and I this is something we don't talk about the MCU, and it's just so different after 20 plus movies. I'm so excited to talk about just a cheesy romance scene that actually was really beautiful. I, the scene where ugh, they're at the Avengers headquarters and they just watch an episode of Malcolm in the Middle together. I had some tears flowing. I got to be honest. The dialogue here. We've talked to the dialogue a lot this episode. It was just exceptional. Her talking about grief and he, him wanting to try and comfort her. She's like, the only thing that will comfort me is seeing my brother again. Did you expect him to shapeshift right there? Did you expect him to turn into Aaron Taylor Johnson right there so she could see him again? I don't know. I don't even know if he could do that. Well, he, he can turn into his human form. That's such a good point, by the way. What happened with that? <laughs> like, that happened in Infinity War. They never did it again. Like, when did he learn to do that? Yeah. After this show, do you kind of retroactively think that was a weird choice for Infinity War? Because I kind of like the aspect that she loves him for who he is. But I guess at the same time, for him to walk around in public wherever they were, he had to look like a human. So It just feels so Martian Manhunter to me with that character. A little bit. Yeah. But whenever he's like understanding what grief is in real time and Wanda just kind of snapping at him and then immediately tearing up a little bit, just saying how tired she is from all of this and talking about how grief comes in waves, which is so true. And then Vision being like, well, it's not all bad because, I mean, you can't feel grief until you basically had love in the first place. And the line, dude, the line was so profound when he's like, grief is just love persevering. Was so like, good, dude. And it's not cheesy either. It's not cheesy. It worked perfectly. It wasn't. It worked. But then they also at the same time had the classic MCU feel. The second after he says that, there's a beat. And then he didn't get the previous Malcolm in the Middle joke, but then he looks at the TV and then does a genuinely laugh. And then he kind of looks at her like, oh, shit, sorry. That was bad timing. And she's like, no, it was funny. And he's like, it was, right? And then they, but it was just... So good, because in the MCU previously, we got to keep in mind, we saw them in Age of Ultron together, but they weren't together. And then in Civil War, they were like, fuck, Infinity War is coming out soon. We have to be have these guys be together, but we haven't set that up. So then they're kind of flirting, but not really. And then they fight during Civil War, and it's like, okay. And then in Infinity War, they're just together. So I love that we got something here that at least retroactively can make you, it's so beautiful in the moment, but then also looking back, it's like, okay. I actually believe it now. So it's really cool. And this made me realize too, how, how few scenes we've actually had of just the two of them together in the MCU. Like it was nice to just exactly. see them sitting and talking. Like we haven't gotten that really in any of the movies. So I really enjoyed that. Also, I'm really happy that Brian Cranston is now officially part of the MCU. <laughs> so awesome, man. I loved watching everybody watch the actual sitcoms and like you yeah. said, just, I love how they didn't even use Frankie Muniz. It's like, no, I just want to use a Brian Cranston only scene. <laughs> So perfect. Um, I don't know what this says about how well these actors performed this scene, but genuinely, I'm not even making a joke. After that scene where they were watching that, whenever Agatha's like, so you lost your parents, you lost Pietro, and now Vision's dead. It's almost like the performance made him feel so alive that I forgot he was dead. I was like, I forgot he died. Yeah, I felt sad like, for, for her all over again on that I, line. Me too. And then it gets all the more sadder, Austin, because we have to talk about the final little flashback, which directly sets up the hex. Whenever Wanda goes to Westview, it's like, okay, why is she going? This is kind of weird. She literally leaves S.W.O.R.D. and then just drives here. Why? And it turns out it's because Vision had bought the deed to this old lot, and he wrote on it with a little heart, we're going to grow old together here, signed V. And it's... Whoa, <laughs> this was an emotional moment for sure. And this kicked it all off. And then we see her create the entire thing. So did that final little scene work for you as well? Yeah, I mean, like we said, the, the presentation of the hex being created is great. It's just the actual reason for the hex existing is what we thought all along, which is kind of just disappointing to me a little bit. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I feel like the finale might give us some like an extra bit of payoff there to make it feel a bit better. But we'll see what happens. I, I'm curious how they redeem this. I'm curious to see the townspeople here, kind of like how they come out of this and what their reaction might be. Because we know Norm, having not met Wanda, whenever Vision kind of opened up his mind, he was like, Wanda's in my head. She's doing this. So I can't imagine their reaction is going to be super positive whenever they see her. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. So you did mention some of the flashbacks there. There also is kind of one more. It's not really a flashback to MCU content, but it is a flashback to just the context of this show. And that's whenever Wanda goes to meet with director Hayward. And it really seems like he is purposely trying to push her over the edge. He also has a line where he's like, not everyone has the power to bring their soulmate back, Wanda. And then Wanda looks surprised that he thinks she could do that. He shouldn't think that. How does he know that? 
that's what I wanted to ask you because that that oh, okay. felt so out of so out of place to me because it just seems like all of this was in some way put in motion by Sword. Like obviously they couldn't predict the hex. Do you think they had some reason for trying to send Wanda over the edge? I mean, maybe. I guess that could be another element of the finale why that happened or what their true motivation is. But I mean, at least right now I don't have the answer to that. I don't know why director Hayward of Sword, who their whole thing is sentient weapons, why would he want Wanda who's has this level of power to go do this and endanger people. And he's lying so much. He's lying about the whole, the footage that he told the rest of the team. He's lying about visions, living will, like don't turn me into this thing. And then at the end in the post credit, he, he says, we've broken this thing apart and put it back together again a million times. But then flash back to the Wanda scene. And he says, Wanda's like, what are you doing to him? And he's like, he acts like it's so obvious. He's like, uh, duh, Wanda, we're taking apart the most powerful weapon in history. But then it turns out they were also trying to put him back together. So what the hell is his goal? Do you think, I know last week you brought up the theory that maybe there's a bad, bad villain and Agatha is just a half bad villain. Do you think Director Hayward is somebody else? Like maybe he's not who he says he is? I don't know. There, There are some implications there. A big one being whenever Monica meets him for the first time in the flashback episode, she knows him. She knows him from before the five year later in Endgame. And she's like pleasantly surprised to see, oh, Hayward, you're the director now. Cool. So he he could be somebody else. Either he's been that person for a long time or something fucked up happened to him during the five year gap. That's what I was about to say. Something turned him during those five years. Yeah. He talked about in that episode how shitty things were and how... He kind of resents the people that got snapped because they still have optimism after coming back. So maybe they'll play into that. That being said, Austin, I want to ask you, well, in theory, it kind of sounds like potentially maybe a good idea there. Is it too late? Because we got Agatha so late, that reveal. If they just dropped in the finale within the course of an hour, actually, here's the main bad guy and he's worse than Agatha. Do we have time to really develop that? I don't know. So, so here's the thing. At the moment, I'm still like kind of endeared to Agatha a little bit. Like I, I find her, even though she's done some kind of dark stuff, I still kind of find her really charming. So it, it would be kind of easy to root for her if she did end up working with Wanda and Vision. But they're either going to have to make Agatha do something really bad in the opening of episode nine to like make her feel like a bad villain, or they're going to have to immediately like set up that, hey, here's what Hayward's up to. And then the three of them are going to have to realize that they need to work together to stop him. Yeah, obviously taking her kids is fucked up, but again, like we mentioned at the top, there was that really cool element of Agatha learning all this stuff about Wanda in this episode and then immediately being like, I'm a messed up person. I'm pretty damn powerful, but having seen what you're capable of, I'm terrified of you. You're dangerous, Wanda. That's chaos magic, she says, and I'm not going to let it stand. Like That's kind of the idea, which is like, okay, well, I guess at least in her head, she thinks she's doing the right thing. So yeah, maybe there's a, there's a way to endear her a little bit. But then at the same time, how big is their team going to be? It's going to be Wanda, the kids, Agatha, Vision, Darcy, Monica Rambo, and Quicksilver, I guess. I imagine Vision will do the whole mind reading thing and then Quicksilver like, okay, I'll help. So it's just going to be all of them versus uh, Bad Vision and Director Hayward. <laughs> well, and his like army of sword agents that because they're, gear, course, they're yeah, gearing yeah. up for an assault. So he, he has a pretty sizable force. Um, it's true. It's true. Then again, Wanda like single handedly took on Thanos. So it's not re- it's not like she really needs a team against all these people. <laughs> I guess we still don't fully know what Hayward is trying to do. I guess we know what he tried to do with the original vision. But now that he's put it together, I guess he wants to send them into the hex and what kill Wanda. Is that the goal? Is it to bring out the other vision? We still don't really know what the whole... And that's what I'm so curious. Why was he so eager to push Wanda over the edge? Like, he was purposely trying to get to her in that scene. So I, I just... Or he just has terrible bedside manner. Like, I guess they, maybe, they, maybe they don't train their sword senior officials on how to have good bedside manner. But either way, he was doing something on purpose in that scene. I, I just really want to know what, what he has against Wanda. Because earlier in the season, his motivations were, she stole Vision and we need him back. And that kind of made sense. But... The fact that he's lying about it, it seems like he's purposely targeting Wanda, and I'm, I just really want to know why. I have no clue. And why does he have to reanimate the other vision in order to help with that? 
So lots of elements to that character, which I guess in a positive sense, I did not really think there was going to be much meat on the bones when it came to hate when they introduced him. I thought he was just going to be the class. You and I even talked about it. He's just going to be the classic douchebag character yeah. that we see in all these movies. And I guess maybe it still could be that, but I'm hoping that there's at least going to be a bit more. I mean, they've certainly impressed me with both Josh Chamber's performance and how they've kind of advanced that character since. Not that I'm rooting for him, but at least there's some interest there. I still think with that character though, less is more. Like I think we're yes. I think we're kind of come around on him a little bit more because we haven't seen too much of him lately. The scenes that he has had have been really good, but I don't want I don't want him to occupy a whole lot of screen time on this show. I agree. I agree. So the big post credit thing in this episode is that vision, real vision, has now been turned back on by the sword agents. And I just it made me wonder, is there a way at the end of the show that vision is back full time in the MCU? Um I, I guess my, my thought process there is he originally was powered by the Mind Stone. We learned in this episode that Wanda's powers were boosted by the Mind Stone, and they're now using Wanda's powers to power Sword Vision. So it, it's still the same energy source. So I was just thinking maybe there is a way that Vision is now back in the MCU after this season ends. To go your point an extra mile there, there's not only the Sword Vision is being powered by Wanda, but the Hex Vision was totally created by her. And yeah. did she create another Mind Stone? <laughs> like, I don't know. So yeah, there's lots of craziness involved there. Um, to answer your first question, is Vision coming back? I've always been somebody that doesn't really want dead characters to come back. At least, sure, give me a fun flashback. Give me a cool, like, three seasons later, have them show up in a dream sequence. I'm always down for that. That's always fun. But having him come back fully to life, it might cheapen his death in Infinity War, which was so good. But the caveat here is... The show came out after that. And it's almost like I feel like they've earned it in a weird way. And the concept of Vision dying <laughs> a maximum of twice next episode with the Hex Vision and Sword Vision, it's just going to be comical. This guy has already died more than once. <laughs> so what? The big sad thing at the end of the season is he dies again? That's what I thought in episode one of this season. But now that we're here, it's like maybe one of them does. But I just feel like they've now set it up where... It feels like Vision's going to come back in some way. What do you think? I'm kind of torn like you are, because on one hand, on the one hand, I love Paul Bettany as Vision so much, and, and if there's a way to have him back in the MCU, like, like I kind of want that. But then on the other hand, I don't want all these dead characters back. Like it, I just think it's going to make everything feel so cheap. I want there to actually be like villains that can have lasting impacts on the MCU. And, and if a lot of these heroes stay dead, that is Thanos' impact on the MCU. Like I don't want them to undo... They spent the entirety of the MCU setting up Thanos. I don't want them to then just immediately undo everything that he did in, in the two movies that he was like fully active in. So I just, I don't know, man. I can't imagine that there's a scenario where, where Wanda has a chance to have real vision back and then she kills him. So I, I don't know what they're going to do with the sword vision. My question was, is there a way they can meld them together? You have to imagine the sword vision while he looks like Wanda's vision there's no way he's going to be the same. He's going to have oh, to be yeah. different no somehow. Way. I mean, he's going to be like a villain that they fight. I'm sure there's going to be a sword versus hex vision battle next week. And it's going to shock Wanda. Yeah. My question is, is there a way that this husk, this evil vision, so to speak, maybe Wanda sees him and like obviously feels the connection, but is like, you're not vision. You're not the person I fell in love with. And then hex vision is that person since she created him. Is there a way like hex vision can like possess the evil vision? which will give him a body that can exist outside of the Hex. Like, I feel like if they're going to bring Vision back, that's probably what they do in some form. It's like they two become one, I guess, is what I would imagine. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that happening. I just, I still don't know what I want. I, I guess it's just going to depend on the presentation for next week. Do you, do you think yeah. there's any way they set up like rules for this Vision being back? Like maybe... Maybe they have to keep some version of the Hex and he has to like go back in there and recharge or something. Like I'm just wondering if there's going to be like a way for him to be back in the MCU, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to come with some like caveats to the character. They spent a lot of time setting up this lot that Vision bought, right? For them to grow old together and presumably raise a family. Is it possible that the big kind of finale, like Wanda's like, I'm not killing Vision again. Like they, they, they save everybody and all that good stuff. But at the same time, Monica probably finally gets through to Wanda. Like, I know how much you've lost. I've lost people too. But what you're doing, while it's good for you, it's hurting all these other hundreds of townsfolk. You can't do that. 
they're here against their will, Wanda. I know you mean well, but you're hurting them. So Wanda is like, you're right. I'm sorry. And she frees them all. And the hex shrinks. Now, here's what I'm wondering. Possible theory. Does Sword, Monica, whatever, whoever's left standing, do they give them permission to keep the house? Is the house the hex that Vision and the kids can live in safely and Wanda can visit? Is that a real thing? Is this a possibility? That would be like a peaceful ending for sure. And it, it would give mm-hmm. away for Wanda to have these characters stay in the MCU too. So I think, yeah, I think that's totally possible. And Marvel likes to keep their characters around. So if there's a way to do that, I'm sure that they've thought about it. Yeah. Speaking of the kids, uh, we got them a little bit at the end of this episode, obviously setting up probably a big role for both of them next time. Vision, obviously, the Hex Vision can't exist outside of the Hex. He was created by it. Whereas the kids, uh, Agatha calls it out at the end. Wanda literally has the power to, what does she say? Spontaneous creation. They were created from nothing. So the kids, can can they exist outside the Hex? Are they the same as Vision? Or what are your thoughts on that? I think the kids can exist outside the Hex, but I hope they're gone after this season. I, I just, I don't need a Teen Titans in the MCU. I guess that then does raise the other point. What about Monica's powers? Is she only going to have these powers in the Hex? Or is she going to have them whenever the Hex closes? I think everybody in the Hex will have powers. Uh, Monica especially, because she went in and out so many times. And Darcy did say before she went back in for the third time, her cellular biology had already been rewritten. So I can't imagine that the hex going away would change that. I think she's permanently changed. So I think she will keep the powers. Now, how they use that in the future, no clue. But yeah, I imagine she will keep them. That's a good point. That's a good point. We're going to have to see what happens next week on the finale of WandaVision. I can't believe we're already here. It went by so fast. I know. It's already been, like, by the time this comes out, it's going to be almost two months. So it's it hasn't felt that long. It's really flown by. What a great show. Before we get out, though, fully, Austin, we always like to end this way. Do you have any crazy theories for the finale? I mean, is there anything that you are... Give me anything. Anything you're dying to see. A crazy theory. Give me something. I'm going to stick with what I've been saying for, I think, like five weeks now. I think Doctor Strange will make an appearance in the finale. And it, maybe it's a post-credit scene like they've been doing now. But in some way, I think Doctor Strange will be in the finale and it will directly tie into the Doctor Strange movie. I like that. I'll challenge it a little bit. Do you think it's possible he has like a sizable role in the finale? Or like you said, is it only going to be a post credit scene setting up? I think they just have too much to tie up in, in order to introduce another new character, especially as somebody of the Doctor Strange caliber. But I could definitely see there being a post credit scene to tie into the Doctor Strange movie. My crazy theory is Quicksilver, like I mentioned, will somehow... The hold over him will be released, probably by Vision, and he'll be like, oh my god, where's Professor X, where's Magneto, where is everybody, where are all my friends? And then they talk about it, maybe at the end, this might be like a little epilogue to the show, to the episode, I should say. Wanda's like, I don't fully understand how these powers work, but here, I think I think I can put you back by doing this. And then maybe she inadvertently does the opposite. And maybe she accidentally, instead of sending Pietro back to the Fox universe, Maybe she pulls over some of her favorite characters instead. Maybe instead of throwing him back, she accidentally pulls in James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender. Does anybody like anybody else? I don't think so. I think those are the only two. <laughs> so it's just them. I don't think it would be as on the nose as, as her trying to send them back and accidentally pulling them in. But I think something that could happen is whenever she shuts the hex, it causes such a rift that it tears a hole in the reality. Ooh, and then the I X-Men like characters get brought in. That's a good call. We haven't really talked about that because, I mean, Doctor Strange 2 is the next movie she's going to be in. And that comes out in, I think, less than a year at this point. Where's the multiverse? Because far from home, it was like Mysterio's like come from the multiverse and then he was lying. So it's like between now, the finale of WandaVision, Spider-Man in December, which is apparently multiverse, and then Doctor Strange right after that. When are they going to introduce it? So you might be right. They might have to do it in the finale. Like maybe they don't like dwell on it. Maybe you're right. The hex closes and it accidentally creates this rift. And then there you go. Cut to the post credit scene. Doctor Strange is like, I just found out about this rift in the multiverse. It was caused by that. And then maybe he goes to talk to Wanda and that's the post credit. I like this, Austin. I think you might be nailing it. That sounds right to me. I know we got to get out of here, but that Mysterio scene, I'm so glad he was lying. Whenever they were just saying, here's the multiverse in, in that movie. I was oh, like, this so is so bad. fucking stupid. I'm so <laughs> glad it was a lie. There's got to be a better way to do this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of Spider-Man, Austin, what's the over under? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, will they cameo next week on WandaVision? <laughs> 
on WandaVision, no, but I 100% believe they're in the movie. Tom Holland, you can see him in interviews. He's learning. He's like, no, they're not in it. <laughs> it's like, yes, they are. They he's are. so bad. He's still so bad at keeping secrets. I like that Tom Holland, I got to say. He's a young guy. It seems like he shouldn't be that good at what he does, but he is good in everything. So shout out. I know this is a WandaVision, but this is also a PSA, guys. Let's go support Tom Holland. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, I think that will do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and if you've been enjoying this series, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with a friend, that really is the best way to help us continue to grow this show. And if you wouldn't mind, please... Leave us some reviews, uh, even if you don't want to write anything. A starred review on Apple Podcasts really does help. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for the start of our next series and review. Like Matt mentioned, we've done Star Wars, we've done Bond, and now it's officially time to lean fully into Marvel. We will be launching the MCU Phase 1 with Iron Man. Hell yeah, can't wait. It's been too long since I saw it. I hope it holds up. Along with that, everybody, like we mentioned at the top, rom-com bracket, we broke it down. We There's 12 movies in this bracket, guys. Which one will win? You'll have to wait and see. It was a great episode. Austin and I, shout out, we haven't talked about this in a little bit. We have a monthly series that you can find in your podcast feed, Co-op Couch. This is our episode that we do once a month, which I just repeated myself. I said monthly series. So yeah, it's once a month, Matt, you fucking idiot. Hey, is it once a month? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, it's once a month. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So uh, this is where it's just our episode that we do that is only gaming content. You know, we talk about movies and TV a lot. We wanted to have a just a nice place we had come to just to talk about games fully for an hour. And this month, Austin, we talked about what are the best levels in video game history. We had a blast breaking that down. We also talked about some video game news for the month. So go check that out. You'll have a good time. And of course, it goes without saying, we'll be back next week. And I got to say, Austin. I'm a little bit sad. I've loved WandaVision. Sure, there's been a couple downs, but nothing too bad. But we only have one episode left. We will be back, everybody, for the finale of WandaVision next week. And of course, by default, the finale of the Wanda's Talking to Vision. We kind of dropped that name right after episode one, oh, but this still is <laughs> the Wanda's Talking to Vision. <laughs> yes, everybody. Yes, come on back to the Wanda's Talking to Vision. That was our whole setup. We completely forgot. Thank God Austin was here to remind us. And of course, this is usually Keith's segment, but he's not here. So please message us on Instagram at the Arnie's. Send us your thoughts on WandaVision. Send us some of your favorite levels in gaming. Send us your favorite romantic comedies. We want to hear from you. Send us a message at the Arnie's. Or alternatively, if you'd rather do email, you can go ahead and email us as well. That's the Arnie's Media at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. All right, everybody, that will do it. We'll see you next time. Ba 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 